0: Welcome, everyone, to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. My name is Pete Scazzaro. Uh, I'm the founder of New Life Fellowship Church. Richard Villotas is the senior pastor. I'm now a teaching pastor there, but I also lead as a ministry out from our church called Emotionally Spirituality. And we equip the church around the world in a discipleship that deeply changes lives. That's our mission. This podcast is specifically for leaders on, on the integration of what we call Emotionally Healthy Leadership. Uh, spirituality into your leadership. You know, I said my my, my best writing on that's found in a book called The Emotionally Healthy Leader, which many of you have read, and I recommend you pick that up. But our topic today is dealing with elephants in the room. Dealing with elephants in the room. So let me begin by just defining what does that even mean when we talk about elephants in the room. And if I had, if I, if we could be visual here, if you imagine a boardroom and there's actually eight, 10 people around a table, your team is there, but actually Behind four of the team members are these massive elephants with their, you know, trunks over on the table. But no one's – everyone's functioning and talking as if there are not elephants in the room. So our topic here is how do you deal with them in the room? So I'm going to give you an example, some examples. My, a friend of mine calls me this past week, and uh, he's, a, he's a lawyer and uh, he's in a church, and he's really angry. He said, i got to talk to my pastor, Pete, can I get some advice? So I said, sure. You know, they talked to him and he basically said, you know, the pastor doesn't lead. He doesn't lead. He basically comes and he preaches and he leaves. And uh, we're all sitting there. Church is stuck. People leaving. Uh, but it's just, just he doesn't think about it. He just wants to preach and be up front and verse by verse in scripture. Uh, and But everyone knows it's a big problem. But no one says anything. That's an elephant in the room. Uh, another one would be, you know, a person on your team is very defensive and cannot take critique. You can't disagree with them in a meeting. That's an elephant in the room, and so you don't. Or you have a person in a a small group that maybe that is narcissistic, but they're always taking up way too much space, and you spend mostly half your time trying to shut them down to have a normal conversation. Or you've got someone on your staff team or on a volunteer team that they're gifted, but they're not the right fit for the role. But you don't want to hurt their feeling, so it just goes on and on, and then basically it reverberates through... Uh, everything they're touching because they're not the right fit. But it's an elephant because, kind of like people know it, but, and you're in charge, but you don't do anything. And uh, again, someone's in a position, but they're not doing their role. Very common, whether they're volunteered or paid. So, you know, why is this so pervasive? Why, why is it that basically organizations and ministries and churches, there's so many darn elephants in the room? And it, 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 I mean, this is such a big issue. And I got, four, I got five reasons. It's probably about 20, but here's my top five. Number one is our family of origin. Most of us grew up in homes where there was lots of elephants in the room. And you know what? No one said anything. So we're just so used to it, it doesn't phase us. The second reason is it's really hard to to, to acknowledge the elephant in the room. It's painful and it's a lot of trouble. Because once you acknowledge that elephant in the room, things are going to get worse before they get better. So what you say to yourself is, I don't want to talk about it. I mean, it's going to be worse to not deal with it later, but at least short term, there's no pain. And we don't want pain. Because we don't want pain, we don't deal with it. We, we hope that it will go away. Uh, of course, that's an illusion. Third is we don't have time to deal with the elephants. Who's got time? If I, I, if I had these long conversations with this person? And oh, my gosh, i got so much to do already. So we're just too busy. I think fourthly is, is we have a failure of nerve. Uh, we're just, it's low differentiation. Uh, we're, we, we just, we, we're, we're not leading. And we lack nerve and guts. Uh, and we abdicate. Um, Friedman, a book by Ed Friedman called Failure of Nerve, worth picking up. And the fifth one is we don't, we're we not thinking long term. We're, we're not thinking as leaders. Uh, we're thinking short term. And uh, so we prefer to live in an illusion. The list goes on. I don't know if you know the story of the Canaries. It's a famous story that long ago when gold miners and coal miners would go into uh, underground to look for coal, they had to measure carbon dioxide levels in the air. There, was, there wasn't high-tech equipment years ago. But there would be dangerous gases that would accumulate in these mines and they would lead to devastating explosions. So the miners had a low-tech solution years ago, and that was they would carry a canary in a cage. And they would put the canary along the way uh, in that cave because, because they're very sensitive to, to poisonous gases. And so what happens when, when a canary began... Canaries generally are chirping all day and singing. But when the carbon monoxide level rose too high, the canaries stopped singing and eventually they would have trouble breathing and they would eventually die. When the singing stopped, that was a signal. The gas levels are too high and the miners need to get out of that cave, out of that mine as quickly as possible to avoid an explosion. Okay, so what happens is we don't have a canary system. So what happens is the poison gas is growing in our organization, but it's not until there's an explosion that we deal with it, but actually, the poisonous gas began to get leaked years ago and months ago, but now it's a full break, split. So the question is, how do we deal with these elephants in the room? Because they're everywhere. And I'm going to give you a few tips. That's, you know, this is not a book, but I, got, I just wrote down some reflections on, I got, you know, four or five here um, for you to think about. Uh, but you have to deal with the elephants. I'm going to say it right off the top here. Uh, not ignore them. If you don't confront the elephants... Somebody else is leading. You're not leading. And if you're if you're the leader of the team, if you're a leader of the organization, and if you're the leader of the church, you are called by God to lead it. So just acknowledge if you don't deal with the elephants, you're not leading somebody else. Somebody else is leading. The power is in somebody else's hands. Uh so number one, frame this idea. How do I deal with elephants in the room? You gotta frame it. This is your this is this is your role. I mean, this is this is not an interruption. This is not a pain in the neck. This elephant in the room is actually why you're in leadership. This is an opportunity. This is a gift. Uh, there's a law of atrophy. If thing, you keep things the way they are, stagnant, it will go. It will decline. If someone's not leading, whatever ministry, whatever organization, if you're just managing it and keeping it afloat because you don't want conflict and difficulty, that ministry will decline because it's a law of atrophy. Leaders break new ground. Leaders take people somewhere. To look at this, at all the elephants as. This is what I do. This is what God's asked me to do. Is, is These are opportunities for discipleship in people's lives. This is an opportunity to grow the organization. And you understand that there's a system. Every ministry or team is, is a, is a uh, think of a, a, a body, a physical body. My, my, my doctorate's actually in family systems theory. So I've done a lot of work on understanding systems. And, and so what happens in one part of a system impacts the whole system. Say, for example, you know, I've got Lewis over here who's doing our recording and Lewis uh, works for our church and does a little work for EHS. But let's say, for example, Lewis is not doing his job. And let's say Lewis's life is out of order. He's an elephant in the room. Okay, but I don't want to deal with it. I'm not, I'm not a supervisor So you know, we don't want to deal with it. So we just kind of let it go on. Lewis comes in, you know, when he feels like coming in, does half a job. It's, but you see, it's not just Lewis. That affects the whole system because it creates a culture where anything goes, where if, if you don't do your job, it's fine. If your life is out of order, it's fine, just as long as you get the job done. And, and it, it creates in the system something that reverberates all the way through. So, but at the same time, if I help Lewis, help him grow and mature, I'm impacting the whole system positively, even though he's not directly connected with everybody in the organization. Okay, that's number one. Number two, You know, how do I deal with elephants in the room? So the first one is, i got to frame it. This is what I do. This is what God's called you to do. And I would say, if you don't want to deal with elephants in the room, then just don't call yourself a leader. But if you are a leader, and you're given responsibility by God to be a leader, then you tell people. All right, number two um, is truth and the Holy Spirit. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Uh, The Holy Spirit's a spirit of truth. Jesus is the truth. Um, You cannot build the kingdom of God with lies, with pretense. And when there's elephants in the room, there's pretense. And so do you understand that the degree of truth that's going on in your team and organization is a degree of freedom that there is as well. We attract people on the level of health. Healthy people will not be attracted to your organization, your team, if it's not does not have integrity, where it's not living in truth. Uh, the little things aren't little. The little things are And so that's why you need time to reflect on the elephants in the room. You need time to reflect on how do I deal with this? You know, where do I go from here? Um, So truth, just remember this issue of truth. If there's not truth, then there is lies. And just think of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, what happened there. God knew that that had to be exposed in Acts 5 or else the Spirit of God was going to be quenched. And lies and pretense and faking out and pretending that what is wrong is right or what is false is true will always quench the spirit of God. And I don't care who is falling on the ground under the power of the spirit. The spirit of God is quenched in that place. All right, number three is reflection. If you're gonna confront elephants in the room, you need time to reflect on what's going on. Again, reflection of personally, what's going on in your own life, Uh, This takes a lot of time to think about, how do I deal with this elephant? Um, And what questions am I holding? Uh, It's like a puzzle you got to figure out. it. Like, when I I deal with elephants, like, I'm up late at night sometimes. I'm up early in the morning. I'm spending hours pondering the elephant and the best way to approach it. a, A wise friend of mine says, if you have a problem to solve, he says, I'll spend the first 55 minutes defining the right question and five minutes solving the problem. In other words, the biggest challenge with elephants is what really is the question here? And once you figure out the question and the issue underneath what appears to be the issues, then you can solve the problem. But that takes a lot of thought. And there are certain little, little elephants, you have to just let them slide. You have a lot of elephants in in, in the boardroom or in the team, you gotta pick the top ones. And uh, you gotta go one at a time, because it takes a long time. When I finally addressed elephants in 2007 in a big way at New Life Fellowship, uh, it took me a couple of years. I had so many elephants I let I would tolerated that um, I just had to go one by one, determine what's the most important and significant. Uh, next is, if I'm deal with elephants in the room, and I'll close with these last two very quickly, is I need mentors and I need community. I need wise counsel. I need people in my life who are wiser, who can help give me counsel. Because you got to look at an elephant and say, how do I approach this? It's not always clear and simple. If it was clear and simple, it probably the little elephant would probably not have grown to a big elephant. And so you want to have, you know, in my case, I had a personnel committee, I had a board, but I've got mentors, I've got therapists, I've got spiritual directors. I'm looking at it from a number of angles from, with, with wise people um, because I, I want to treat every person with dignity and uh, I want to make sure that we hold on to our, our values. But you know you're getting at your values when you say to yourself, I don't care if everybody leaves the church over this thing. It's the right thing to do. That's when you know you're in a good place. Like you've I had to get to a place where I'm not looking for validation from people. I'm going to do what's right regardless of the consequences. I'm not saying that in a flippant way. But I I and I boy, I could just I can give examples real quickly, but I I won't for the sake of time. Uh, uh I I just can remember one issue around reconciliation. You know, one of our values at New Life Fellowship is bridging racial, cultural, economic and gender barriers. And I remember going into a you know a conversation with someone who had a lot of influence. And I just, my, it's valued, that's who we are as a church. And I said to myself, going into it, I don't know how they're going to respond. But even if everybody left the church, God has called us to be a multiracial community. And we're going to have integrity in the way we walk that out. But I was calm, I wasn't nervous, I wasn't... But it took me a long time to get centered and anchored to have that conversation. So you need mentors and community. And then just finally, lastly, is... Uh, If you're going to confront elephants in the room, you've got to pray for courage and faith to act prudently because you'll feel like you're going to die if you do this. It's so counter your family of origin. It's so counter our culture. It's so counter probably everything you've learned. So you need to lead yourself first and take initiative. Passivity and avoidance of elephants will kill you, and it will kill your ministry. So uh, I I encourage you to pray for faith. Ask God, but make no mistake about it. You'll feel like you're going to die. So dealing with elephants in the room, friends, frame it. It's your role. God's called you to do it. Remember, you can only build the kingdom on truth. Number two, thirdly, is you need time for reflection. This is a large part of your work. This is not an interruption to your work. Fourthly, you need mentors and community. And fifthly, you need courage and faith uh, to act prudently. And uh, so, again, and you need skills. Everybody, sixthly, you just need some skills. And uh, I want to encourage you to uh, – the Emotionally Healthy Relationship course teaches eight skills. Of discipleship it's coming out in august uh and it's one of our two discipleship courses but every one of those skills you need to master them so that you can apply it on a leadership level and you want to run your organization and your team based on clear expectations people who speak honestly clearly respectfully who fight cleanly there's eight skills we developed over a 21-year period you need to master them so that when you deal with elephants you're doing it as a person who's in a new family of jesus out of your relationship with Christ. All right, thank you so much um, for being with us uh, here in this podcast, dealing with elephants in the room. I hope it's kindled some thoughts for you. And uh, join us at www.emotionallyhealthy.org. And again, I assume this is gonna be probably released in uh, early April. Uh, We have a conference, uh, May 2nd, May 3rd and 4th, a leadership conference here at New Life Fellowship in uh, New York City. It's our once a year Emotionally Healthy Leader Conference. We welcome you to consider coming pray. We have got a few, we got some spots open and go to our website, www.emotionally.org. Get some information on our Emotionally Healthy Leader Conference on how you implement all this material uh, in your ministry and your leadership. God bless you. Look forward to talking to you again.